earthly? Does it seem sometimes like all that service and zeal in the Lord's kingdom might just amount to nothing? Think about how many pastors, teachers, Christian family members there are today who have faithfully sought to serve their Lord but have then ended up in despair as they looked around and said, why bother? All this effort to give glory to God's name and what does it bring? That's why it's so important for us to see what we look at here in Isaiah chapter 49. I hear the Savior calling, the gospel comes to me. Following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock solid hope in Rim Country. January 10th. 2021, Isaiah 49, 1-7. The head of a multi-billion dollar company wrapped up one of the most important meetings. This was a project which would affect the jobs and lives of millions, and it was a multi-billion dollar project. So he picked the people who were responsible for carrying out the project. How do you think they felt leaving that meeting with what must have felt like the weight of the world hanging on their shoulders. You and I probably can relate when we feel that we've had some task or assignment placed on us. Today we take up a series during the season of Epiphany looking at the servant of the Lord. And we see just what task God has placed on his servant. We'll be looking at that during this Epiphany season as we start out by seeing the task which he gives his servant is to bring him glory and splendor throughout all the world. Who is up to such a task? Are you ready to serve the Lord? We'll take a look now in Isaiah chapter 49 to see how he describes the work for his servant. The words that God gave his people at the meeting were far more important than a multi-billion dollar meeting in ancient Israel. When they gathered for a meeting before him and they became the people of Israel, the people of God, and he gave them this task. He said, you will be for me a holy nation. And the people in turn, we read in Exodus 19, responded to God's calling to serve him they were to keep his commands and the people all said, we will do as the Lord said. And they boldly and enthusiastically took on the task of serving their Lord. Their task, no small measure, to bring glory to God as they represented him, kept his will and carried his word. Of course, we see clearly how Israel was not up to the task. If you look at how they carried out their mission, we see the Israelites began with that false worship of turning aside from the Lord. They were not willing and eager always to take up this task of servant of the Lord. No, they served and worshipped other gods. From the time when they worshipped the golden calf until the time of Isaiah's writing these words, the people turned away from the Lord. They were not ready, they were not willing and eager to be his servant. Be the judge yourself as you look at the history of Israel. Isaiah's book outlines for us just how they carried out their task. He says, even starting here in chapter 1 of Isaiah, I have raised up children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me, the Lord says. 
The ox knows its owner, and the donkey knows its owner's manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. They had so far turned aside from serving the Lord. It says, how terrible it will be for that sinful nation, for people loaded with guilt. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have deserted him and turned back. Instead of serving the Lord, they brought disgrace to the Lord. Instead of willing and eagerly being on call and on duty to help and serve and bring glory to his name, they brought shame and disgrace to his name. How is it with us? We too can say we have been called to serve the Lord. He has made us his own. He has brought us to be his own people and serve him in his kingdom. How well have you held up with that title of serving the Lord? Maybe at times we might diligently serve him in our life, but have we always put him first? Or are there sometimes some things which become more important in our lives? Things which we would consider of greater importance and splendor, such as hobbies or wealth or the pursuit of something else. And maybe there are those times when we have faithfully served the Lord. But even those who faithfully served Israel and pointed to the glory of the Lord found their limits as they found their efforts seemed to amount to nothing. Many of the prophets said, I have labored in vain. To what end have I served the Lord? How about you? When you serve the Lord faithfully, does it seem sometimes like all that service and zeal in the Lord's kingdom might just amount to nothing? Think about how many pastors, teachers, Christian family members there are today who have faithfully sought to serve their Lord, but have then ended up in despair as they looked around and said, why bother? All this effort to give glory to God's name and what does it bring? seems like it all amounts to nothing. And God's people look at how they have served him and they realize in despair and guilt how they have not measured up. You know, there are a lot of things that children aspire to when they're young. They think about when they grow up and what they want to do. Over 30 years ago, someone in my family said that when they grow up, they want to be a grandma because then they can hand out candy. I recall when I was growing up that I wanted to be an architect, but not your typical architect. I wanted to be a Lego architect. And then I realized just how difficult aspiring to that goal would be. And it's not all just fun and games and building with Legos. We realize our childhood dreams of what we want to accomplish sometimes take more than what we think. How many young boys wouldn't grow up to be working for a, a necessary and important job as the garbage man if their childhood dreams were fulfilled? Until they realize it's not all fun and games and it's a challenge. How many children wouldn't grow up to be astronauts until they realize just how much work and how challenging it really is to carry out that task? But how many say, I want to be a servant of the Lord? and say it just knowing how difficult and how challenging it is to carry out the task of bringing splendor and glory to God in all the face of the earth. Who is up to such a task? 
I'm not. The people of Israel weren't. None of us, no one in the world can be up to such a task. In fact, as we look, we see for all of us, we have failed to serve the Lord. And what we deserve is not that he's called us to serve him, but that he points out how we have failed to serve him. And God should not, like a CEO of a company, just fire us and remove us from his presence. No, we should be sentenced to death and punishment as the enemies of God who have brought shame on the name of the God who called us to serve him. That's why it's so important for us to see what we look at here in Isaiah chapter 49. Here, the Lord speaks through Isaiah saying, There is one. One who has taken up the task that no one in this world could. And it's a message for all to hear. Listen to me, you coastlands. Pay attention, you faraway peoples. The Lord called me from the womb. When I was inside my mother, he mentioned my name. There is one here who speaks and says, Everyone, pay attention. The Lord has called me. And he can say it like no other can. This one was called even before his birth. The name you are to give him, the scriptures record, is Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, the eternal Son of God, is the one who was called to be the perfect servant that you and I could never be. Well, he, it says here in verse 2, He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. Jesus, the holy and perfect Son of God, spoke. And when he spoke, his words fulfilled the Lord's command. When the people heard Jesus speaking, they said, Here is one who teaches and who preaches with authority. That's because as the perfect servant of the Lord, Jesus spoke the very word of God. He hid me in the shadow of his hand. Unlike every other servant, Jesus had a relationship with the Father. He was with the Father from eternity, and he came from the Father's side to be the servant that we could not. He made me a polished arrow. He concealed me in his quiver. Though you and I sometimes are not ready or willing or eager to serve the Lord, Jesus, the perfect and holy Son, was ready. He is, as it says here, God's secret weapon, ready and at hand to serve God as he needs. This is what we see when Jesus was baptized. He said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will display my glory. Though Israel, the nation, could not do it, the one who came from Israel, the true Israelite, the Christ, is the one who was declared to be God's servant. At his baptism, the father declared, This is my son. With him I am well pleased. We read in Isaiah 42, as we look at the declaration of the Lord regarding his servant. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I delight. I am placing my spirit on him. At his baptism, Jesus was declared to be the servant of the Lord, the perfect servant God's ready at hand, eager and willing servant. You are my servant Israel in whom I will display my glory. Jesus would do what none of us ever could, bring glory to God. Of course, as he did this, 
It may have seemed like all was a loss. But I said to myself, verse 4, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength and come up empty with nothing. When Jesus walked this earth, he was despised. He was rejected by many. Many of his disciples deserted him. And it seemed like as he traveled throughout the land of Israel, that it seemed like a lot of it amounted to nothing as he was rejected. And picture the despised rejection that he comes up with nothing as the people cry, crucify, regarding the servant of the Lord. And as the servant of the Lord is hanging on the cross, he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? He had been faithful in all his task. That was the servant of the Lord fulfilling God's plan and his goal that he would take on himself what the people deserved, what you and I deserved for our rebellion and the disgrace we brought on God's name. And he brought glory to God on the cross and never gave in to despair. Though Jesus was abandoned and deserted and suffering, he said, yet a just verdict for me rests with the Lord and my reward is with my God. Unlike you and I, for the times we despaired when our efforts to serve the Lord didn't seem to amount to much, Jesus reached the greatest of depths when it seemed he had reached failure, and yet he did not despair. He said, victory is mine. Confident as he served the Lord that he would come to fruition. And you and I share in his victory. Jesus, the servant of the Lord, rose to life just as Isaiah prophesied. The victory is his. And now we know that because of this servant of the Lord, we have salvation. The Lord, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to turn Jacob back to him, so Israel might be gathered to him, so that I will be honored in the sight of the Lord, in the eyes of the Lord, because my God has been my strength. Jesus gathered back those in Israel who were not perfect servants, but deserved to be shut out from the kingdom. And those who trust in the perfect servant of the Lord are gathered back to the Lord. And the Lord said, regarding his servant, It is too small a thing that you should just be my servant, to raise up only the tribes of Jacob, and to restore the ones I have preserved in Israel. So I will appoint you to be a light for the nations so that my salvation will be known to the ends of the earth. Jesus became a servant who would accomplish far more than anyone ever could, not only bringing Israel back and the people of Israel who had strayed, but bringing back from every nation on the earth a light, bringing back the people of God. Those who trust in him are rescued and find salvation so that my salvation will be known to the ends of the earth. God has called you to be his own and he brings glory to his name by rescuing you through the work of his son. You know, when a county buys something like a snowplow, it doesn't use it to push aside the leaves. Just as when you and I find a tool that's of great significance and power, we can say, imagine what I could do with this. Imagine what God can do with his tool, his quiver, his servant, Jesus, his perfect son. Far more than bring back the people of Israel and Jerusalem and Judah, but bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So what's left for you and I? 
we now, yes, are called by the Lord to be his servants. This is what it says. Know that the Lord, this is what the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, its Holy One, says to the one deeply despised, the one who is detested by the nation, to the servants of rulers, the same Jesus who was once despised as God's servant. We see now, kings will see and stand up, officials will see and bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, because of the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Jesus once despised as God's servant, now has everyone bowing down before him, the prophecy says. And the word here in the Hebrew for bow down is a word which means to bow down in worship. People from every tribe, language, nation, and culture will bow down and worship the servant of the Lord, the Holy One. He is the one who is faithful. Thank God it doesn't rest on our shoulders. God has now caused us to bow down and worship his servant who did it all and brought us salvation. And now we serve him as we bow down before him and we bring and make known this message of salvation to the very ends of the earth as we serve our God. Join me this epiphany season as we look at the servant of the Lord is called and we see how God has called us to serve him in his kingdom. And we'll see how through his calling and by his gospel, we bring glory and splendor to his name as we bow down and serve the Holy One, the servant of the Lord. Amen. Oh, my precious Savior, this is my humble plea. Prepare.